So here we are. Welcome to another episode of the Go With John Show. If you are enjoying listening to the show, please remember to subscribe. Every subscriber makes a difference. So today I am blessed to have Rachel Foster with us as well as her brother, Boomer Foster. Younger brother. Oh, come on now. Yeah, here we go. I knew we, <laughs> I, I, I did actually predict before you guys got here, and Nick will raise his hand if I'm telling the truth, right. that it wasn't going to be long before that came up. Yeah. So. And before well. we started fighting? Yes. Yeah. And that's why you guys are at opposite ends of the room, right? So, <laughs> that's uh, right. So if I have to jump in and get into the middle of something, I guess I'll have to do that. So so welcome, both of you. Thanks again for, uh, for coming in to chat uh, with us uh, some more. So Rachel, welcome back to McLean, Virginia. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. In fact, I've stopped strangers and told them that I'm happy to be back in McLean and to be back in this office. Um, it's an exciting time for me. Mm -hmm. So where do, so tell us where you came from. So, so a little history. So you were here in mm -hmm. the McLean office and what were you doing here when you were here last time? So I started my real estate career in the McLean office. We were in a different building, mm -hmm. um, back when for sales meetings, we had to have valets park the cars because right. of how many people we had coming in and the lack of space. We moved into this building not long after that. And, um, at some point shortly after that, I became the sales manager mm -hmm. in this office. Mm -hmm. Then I had the opportunity uh, to move to Charlottesville and I started working there as the managing broker mm -hmm. um, of a few offices. And now I'm, I'm back in McLean and I'm, I really am truly thrilled. I feel like I've come home right. um, and it just, it feels right. Yep, I, I agree with you. I think this is exactly where you should be. So I know the folks in uh, Charlottesville uh, miss you, and I know that from uh, watching your Facebook feed. So, so, uh, so, how long were you in Charlottesville? I was there for five and a half years. Wow, it's hard to believe it was that long. Mm -hmm. It's a long time. So, so you're back in McLean, and now you're the broker for the McLean office. I am, and um, I. When this opportunity came up, I, I did not see a way for or a reason for me to turn it down. Right. It was a tough decision for me to make. Right. Um, in fact, probably one of the more difficult decisions because I loved my agents and still love my agents right. in Charlottesville. Right. Um, they are my family and mm -hmm. they are, were really good to me. And so I hated to make a decision that would hurt them. Mm -hmm. um, but this was the right thing for me personally. It was the right thing for my family. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I could not be happier. Mm -hmm. So they were probably just as sad to lose you as we were sad when you left us the first time. So we know. I, I love letting people down. <laughs> it, is, yeah. it's, it is a very difficult thing because yeah. I don't, um, you know, I really don't like letting people down. I want to do my very best for everybody that I serve. Right. And I feel like I was created to serve people. Mm -hmm. I like being... Um, in a position to support people and to make sure that they have what they need. Mm -hmm. um, and so anytime it, it feels like I'm letting people down, like I'm doing something that's going to hurt people, it is, it is a very difficult um, thing for me to right. do. Well, the good news is you're only a phone call away or a Facebook post mm -hmm. away. So you're, you're still there 
for Charlottesville, just like you were still here for McLean when you were in Charlottesville. So it all works out uh, in the end, hopefully for everyone. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that social media can be both a blessing and a curse, mm-hmm. um, you know, because there are a lot of things about social media that have become more and more difficult. But it is really a blessing to be able to stay connected with people when you're Mm -hmm. not living close to them. So I agree when I was away from here or former students of mine or, you know, people that Boomer and I grew up with, um, in Georgia, uh, you know, it's Facebook allows us the opportunity to stay connected with people that we love in a way that we could not have done without Mm -hmm. something like that. Right. That's, that's absolutely true. And I agree. So Boomer, so what is the McLean office, mean to you? What is the significance of the McLean Long and Foster office to the Long and Foster organization? Uh, well, that's easy. I mean, the McLean is one of the most special offices I've ever been in. And there, there are a few offices that are like this, but very rarely do you actually walk into a place where, you know, there's such camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that abundance mentality and there are, are just people buzzing around and being hugely successful but so willing to help everybody else. I mean, if you walked in here and you talked to any of the top producers in this office, um, they give it their time freely. You know, they don't have monstrous egos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and you know, starting here as an agent for Rachel, and I'm sure anybody else who has, has been a new agent in this office, um, we have a few offices like this, but it's very much unlike a lot of offices in our industry in that you've got access to people that can help you, not just from the brokerage level, but from day-to-day boots on the ground, how to do the business. And then they're willing to do it, and they do it with such a good attitude. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have when you come into an office like this, it always feels good. You know, I come in here probably once or twice a year to give a right. speech. And the people just – I walk out getting more from – the meeting of being around the people with the type of, of personalities and characters they have than certainly anything I could have ever brought to that meeting. So mm-hmm. um, it's a special office. It's always been one of our most productive office, but it's always been one of the most fun places um, for me to be an outsider, so to speak, right. um, to get to see. And, you know, I didn't, I was never an agent in this office. Uh, you know, I, I did it in a different place. Which, but where were you an agent? I, I was actually an agent in our Ashburn office when okay. I first moved up here from South Carolina. I lived in Leesburg and and I didn't know anybody, right. uh, so I had to learn how to prospect. And yeah. I had to do expireds, withdrawals, and for sale by owners. And the broker there at the time um, was a guy named Dennis Bruce, and he did a lot of great training on expireds and withdrawals and prospecting. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a sphere to work, so my uncle and my cousin thought that would be a great place for me to start, and they were right. But at the end of the day, I mean, back to McLean, it, it, it is just a special place, and I don't right. think there's any denying or arguing that. Right. So. Go ahead, Rachel. Well, I was going to say it's interesting because when Boomer started talking and using the words that he he was about how special McLean is, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it's it's a it's a feeling that I want to bottle and carry with me. And I felt like I did to Charlottesville mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be able to say this is the culture that I am used to and this is the culture that I want to build here. And so when Boomer said that when he comes and gives speeches here and he leaves and he still feels that um, joy and passion and, and attitude of abundance, that's the same idea I had like I want to bottle this and take it with me because it 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 is special right well also I found my fiance here right so that doesn't stink right you know it must be a pretty cool office if there's somebody here willing to say yes to me to get married absolutely a very a very important point that needs to be made is that I hired 
his fiance as a mm-hmm. brand new agent in this office. So I guess I have Rachel to thank for my life of wedding. Here we bliss. go. Hey, I will I will say that it's really interesting sitting here because I didn't realize this was about Rachel and I get to be the sidekick because right. the nature of my job is I don't get to be the sidekick very often and it brings back a lot of resentment from my childhood <laughs> in growing up with Rachel and always being Rachel's brother. I right. mean, it was just it was a terrible way to grow up and yeah. when I finally was able to go off to college and make my own way, it was just such a freeing thing but you're bringing back some very hurtful memories for me today john i'm happy to do it yeah thank you very much i just wanted you to know thanks john may i tell a quick story tell the story um the night before i was named as the sales manager here Mm -hmm. boomer says to me oh that's right we're introducing you tomorrow in management at the all company managers meeting and i said oh okay like i didn't know what that meant right Mm -hmm. so the next day each manager who's being introduced, if there's been a change or somebody new, they're asked to stand up right. when they're being introduced and sit back down. I get mysteriously left until the end. Right. So Boomer is announcing and he says, you know, who the managing broker is in this office. And then mm-hmm. he says, and our new sales manager in the McLean office is Rachel Foster. And I do what everybody else did. I stand up and I sit back down. Yeah. And he goes, oh, no, no you stand back up. He's walking toward me from across this ballroom with 250 people in the room. And he starts saying, um, our teachers liked her better than, than, uh, they liked me. Our parents liked her better. And if he said something that was true, I would nod my head. And if he said something that was false, I would shake my head. And he would say like he just did. Um, you know, I was known as Rachel's brother, which is not at all true. I figure when I die, my tombstone is going to say boomer's sister. Um, But um, it was really quite something. And he got all the way across the room, and I'm going to let him finish mm-hmm. um, how he ended this particular series of statements about me. I mean, I thought it was comedic genius, frankly. <laughs> I mean, it was. It took me about a minute to get across the room, and I was talking about, you know, always being envious and picked on because of Rachel. And, right. you know, my mother saying she had a higher IQ than me and all of that kind of thing. And, and I got there, and I said, the one thing I can say today that gives me a whole lot of solace and makes me feel very happy is when I really my head down to sleep every night from this point forward I know that I can fire you when the sun comes up the next morning isn't that nice that is nice Mm. but that would be a big mistake no (laughs) obviously I'm kidding she's a hell of a manager hell of a leader yeah 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 so so uh Rachel so do you tell us what what is your vision so you're back in McLean so last time you were here you were a sales manager now you're the the broker so you're the captain of the ship I am. You are going to set the tone for this office. So no pressure. What is your, there? Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to bring it too. But what is what is what is your vision for this office? So you talked about culture, and I know it's, you know, at our sales meeting this morning, you talked about let's explore what our culture is now, and then let's talk about what do we want our culture to be. But so I know you're in the fact gathering and thinking process. But as where you sit here today, what do you want the culture of this office to be? I, that's interesting. I don't want to say I want a return to because I know that a lot of the, the richness that is in McLean still exists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I want to reinvigorate right. those same terms that Boomer was using, those same ideas of an attitude of abundance, mm-hmm. of this mentality that, and this has never left McLean, and it's that one of those things that I've always carried with me, this mentality that I uh, 
will share all of my trade secrets with right. you right. because I'm not worried about you stealing my business. Mm-hmm. I believe that as the, and I mentioned this in the sales meeting this morning, as the tide rises, all boats rise. Right. So let's all be great together. So the this idea that we... Um, that we collaborate, that we support one another, that we lay down our own things in order to um, to support the other. Coming, you know, a, a, around and beside new people mm-hmm. and helping them get their feet under them. There's so much excitement that can happen in a real estate office, mm-hmm. and this office has always been very active, very exciting. It's the kind of place that you want to come to work. Um, Some things have changed where the pandemic is concerned Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that have uh, shifted the physical presence, maybe Mm -hmm. the needs of people as far as, you know, being in the office space. But as I see it, one of the things that I think is going to be vital to uh, the the culture in our office mm-hmm. is getting people back here so that we can be working together, um, learning from one another. I, I think the the energy and the passion um, is is a hundred percent still present. We just need to be together right. I um, agree with to you on activate that. Yeah. it. Yeah. I, I would say that that it's been my experience. I've been in this office since two thousand four, so that's a that's a long time. You know, the, the, I think the top producers in this office are very generous with their time. Unbelievably yeah. so. Yeah, I, I, I can actually tell a quick story. I walked in, you know, my mom Lillian Jorgensen is obviously here in this office, and I walked in uh, one day, and she was in the conference room meeting with somebody, and she waves me in to come in. So I, I walk in, and I sit down, and they're talking, 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 talking. And uh, finally I said... I said, what is this meeting about? And she says, oh, well, this is so-and-so, and and, uh, I've known him for a long time, and he became an uh, agent, and he's over in the Burke office, and he wanted to come and get some ideas from me. And I I thought to myself, this is, where do you have time, you know, for this? But Lillian always makes time for everybody who wants to sit down and uh, talk to her. But... I can't get her to butter my toast anymore. Those <laughs> days are long gone. So, uh, but 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 in general, the 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 agents here, I think all of them. I don't know any of them that if you go to them and say, "Hey, can I pick your brains about something?" Um, they won't. Uh, they won't take the time to help you. That's a hundred percent true. Well, I mean, it's it's a no jerks allowed. I normally use a different word than that, but right. I, I won't today. But it's almost a no. It is a no jerks allowed place, and yeah. I think that it's interesting. I, I would imagine that leading this office, you don't really have to worry about running off somebody who doesn't have integrity or that's a jerk because the the agents will do it for you, right? Because they fiercely protect the culture that is this office. And right. I don't disagree with Rachel. You know, COVID and even pre-COVID a little bit. Technology has gotten agents to the point where they can be so mobile. Yes. That you know, unlike when we first started this business where you'd have to stand beside a fax machine or you needed to meet your clients to do mm-hmm. wet signatures on a contract or a listing agreement, pretty much every bit of your business right now you can do from your phone. So right. the, the idea of these vibrant offices that are buzzing with activity is going to be a challenge as we move forward, not just uh, in our company or in our industry. It's going to be like that in a lot of different industries. Mm-hmm. So where we're focused um, is being very intentional about the preservation of one of the things that made this company great, which is the culture and the camaraderie that we all enjoy. Fantastic. So uh, this is a great place. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we will be back with more from Boomer and Rachel Foster. Stay tuned. 
All right, welcome back. We're still here with Boomer and uh, Rachel. So thanks for sticking around. So Boomer, so tell us what went into the decision-making process to uh, bring Rachel from Charlottesville, where she was much loved, back to uh, McLean. Well, the McLean office adds a little bit, of an added level of complexity when you're talking about replacing managers. I think anytime we have a manager um, that either makes the decision to go do something else or that we make that decision for them, you know, anytime you're faced with something that feels adverse or adversity, we try to look at it as an opportunity. How can mm -hmm. we take what we had in this place and actually make it better? So normally what you look for in a manager in general is somebody that can attract agents to the office, can mm -hmm. retain the agents that they currently have, that does a fabulous job with training, coaching, mentoring. They can or have a business sense, can manage a P&L, and that uh, understands the importance of our affiliated businesses, the all-inclusive approach. So right. when this happened uh, here in McLean and, and the prior manager uh, took a different type of job at a different company, um, we looked at it as, hey, this is an opportunity for us to to uh, to just continue to take where McLean currently is and just make it even better and better. And, you know, we put everything on the table. It's, mm -hmm. you know, who, who is going to fit best in this role? And it didn't take long to figure out that, you know, I'm not the brightest bulb in the pack, but it didn't take long to figure out that Rachel was going to be the best fit for the role. I mean, we had lots of good op uh, candidates for the role. Everybody and their brother would love to raise their hand and say, yeah, I'll run McLean because it's a dream job for a managing broker. But when you think about those things you look for in uh, in a manager, Rachel checks every box. And it's very rarely, we've got some that check every box. Um, and, and all of our managers are, are normally the best in their marketplace, but it's hard to find somebody that can do all of those things. And she did, and she's proven that. Um, and in addition to that, the added kind of bonus is she wasn't walking into a place where she didn't know anybody. Right. So she had been here, she had formed relationships with people, she had garnered trust with the folks that are here. So at the end of the day, the issue wasn't uh, who we should put in there, it's whether she would come. Right. Because she was very happy in Charlottesville. She was running three of our offices down there. She was knocking it out of the park with growth. Mm -hmm. um, her agents did not leave her. Mm -hmm. um, she, she does a fact, you know, she's a school teacher, has got her PhD, and or was, was a teacher at one time. So from a training, coaching, mentoring perspective, she's fabulous at that. And so she checked every box. Um, the challenge we face in that decision, though, is her last name's Foster. And a lot of people would think, well, gosh, that's, you know, that should be a step up for her. And what right. I know, having gone through this, my, my uncle hiring me here as a manager and then, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I'm sorry, as an agent and then a manager, then a regional manager and now president, um, is that that actually makes things harder because the expectations on you um, are that, well, first of all, the, the, the assumption is you got your job because of what your last name is. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you've got to work that much harder and be that much better and perform that much better than other people. And so it's a big challenge. And I knew that was going to be a hard thing for me to put on her. Mm -hmm. um, so the decision as to who we thought would do the best job was a relatively easy one. Um, and, you know, and I, I know it's the right decision. I mean, we already know that just a week into her being here, people love her. Mm -hmm. um, but the nepotism piece and, and having to prove yourself is something I wouldn't wish on anybody because I had to go through it. Mm -hmm. And it was always very challenging, but she wears it well. And um, she does a fabulous job um, and has done a fabulous job everywhere she, she's been. I will say, as we thought, you know, as Rachel's moved up through the through the uh, organization, um, I've been more of a detractor of hers in the past. I mean, when she came on as an agent 
and she was in the McLean office. I can remember Lonnie Plaster at the time came to me and yeah. he said, I'd, I'd like to make Rachel the assistant manager in the McLean office. And I was like, you, you don't need to do that. She's not ready. She's not ready yet. <laughs> and she comes into McLean and she does a really good job and people right. love her. And she proved me wrong. And then Scott Shaheen, who was the manager, the, the regional manager down in uh, in our central Virginia region at the time, said, I would love to hire Rachel to be the managing broker of our Charlottesville Old Ivy office. I said, you shouldn't do that, man. She's not ready yet. Um, I think she needs some more seasoning. She doesn't even, you know, she's just now getting her broker's license. And that's, a, you know, that's a big risk to take. And he said, no, no, I really want to do it. Again, she proves me wrong. This is the first time we've hired Rachel to something that I fully believe <laughs> that she's actually ready for it. And and now I, I assume that, and I know that she's going to prove me correct. Oh, there's on no that question one. about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, we had this conversation during the earlier podcast that you and I did, John, mm-hmm. um, about the fact that um, I I knew I wasn't ready either. I told you the story mm-hmm. about Lonnie asking me to take over as sales manager, and I right. said like. I probably didn't say it like this, but have you lost your mind? Right. I was scheming to figure out how I could get to him first. Right. To make sure that this didn't happen. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's, um, I, I'm happy that I proved Boomer wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm always happy if I do that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I am deeply grateful for the trust that he has put in me, mm-hmm. uh, bringing me back here because um, it, it is a challenge, but it's something that I am really excited to face. Mm-hmm. So I know. So what went through your mind? I know it was difficult for you. So it was easy for Boomer this time. <laughs> the other two times, not so much. But uh, so what went through your mind as far as I know you said it was difficult and you didn't want to leave Charlottesville. But what, what other factors did you consider before coming uh to take this position? Well, it went through my mind. And when I was on the phone with him, it came out my mouth right. um, because I'm a planner and I, it, it is helpful for me. I was about to say I need to know, mm-hmm. but it's helpful for me to know steps ahead. Yeah. And there was no chance that I was going to know steps ahead on this move only because everything happened so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I, I cannot describe to you how thankful I am for both Boomer and uh, Diana and the help that they gave me mm-hmm. in the the moral support, the emotional support, and also just like being present and helping me figure out how do I how do I move my home this quickly? How do mm-hmm. I make these decisions? But mm-hmm. just on a very basic level, what went through my head was um, excitement Mm -hmm. about returning to McLean. Mm -hmm. Um, I do honestly, from the beginning, feel like I I knew that I was coming home to family Mm -hmm. um, when I made the decision to do this, but nothing at that time could overcome the struggle I had with knowing that I was going to be hurting people. Mm -hmm. Um, In Mm -hmm. fact, Diana and I have spoken recently about this because she said um, over the the weekend prior to this one, you know, you you seem more excited. And I said, it it was hard for me to come to a place of joy and excitement about this move while I was still going through this process of of letting people down. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was still very hard for me. I described my agents in Charlottesville as family and they are. Mm -hmm. Um, So making this decision was difficult, but I, now that I'm here, 
um, there is a, a lightness um, to the way that I feel because I realize how surrounded I am by people who also love me and mm-hmm. support me and want me here and um, you know are are eager to see us grow and return to mm-hmm. a culture um, that we had several years ago. Right. Um, and I, I think there are a lot of people who want to roll up their sleeves because we all care about this place and right. the work that we do and being professionals and being the best that people really have approached me and said, maybe not these words, but we want to roll up our sleeves and dig in and like get this done. Mm-hmm. We want to return to the office. We want to return to that, that level of excitement and passion. And so, um, here we are. Yeah. And I'd also say, I mean, our, our, and she didn't mention this, which surprises me a little bit, but you know, our faith is something that's huge in both of our lives. So, you know, coming to a peace with decisions isn't just a, you know, it's not just a, uh, an academic decision. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a spiritual decision for right. us with whatever we choose to do. And so when I first asked her, I said, I didn't ask her, I said, Rachel, you're, you're going to come back to McLean. <laughs> um, and we're going to need you to do that in the next few weeks. Um, you know, she's, she, she was taken aback, you know, and, and you could tell that she was, she was, she was gonna, she was worried about hurting people that she had, who she current, who she loves there and right. she doesn't want to leave that. But she said that she would take some time and she would, uh, pray about it and, yeah. and seek the peace that comes with the right decisions. And she did. Yeah. And I told her when, when she hadn't gotten back to me in 24 hours that she's going to have to talk to God quicker than <laughs> she was because he wasn't speaking quick enough for me at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's telling the truth. That was those were the exact conversations that we had over about twenty four hours. Yeah. But he's right. I mean, you know, the where we go in in our walk with God is everything mm-hmm. to us. And so being smart enough maybe isn't the right word, but being tuned in enough to mm-hmm. stop because our world is so fast paced and distracted and mm-hmm. it, and so it's sometimes maybe a lot of the times it's hard to pause and and listen um but we both really strive to to stop and say all right what is what where am i supposed to be where Mm -hmm. can i be of most service Mm -hmm. um and you know that's that's where i'm gonna go yes so fortunately you made the right decision. So, so you're I made it for. Yeah, your 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 prayers were answered. My prayers were yeah. answered. I mean, that's uh, you know, it's it's funny you talk about prayer, and I you know, uh, I think folks that are listening who haven't heard your first episode mm-hmm. when you came on, and we talked about your your kidney donation, and that's that's a that's a great story and a great episode, and we won't revisit that here. But for, for folks listening that want to go back and, and, and hear you talk more about that and, and how you prayed on um, donating your kidney and how you came to terms uh, with that, it was really a great uh, story. And, and it was very difficult to get you on that first time. <laughs> and I will reiterate what I said in my first episode, which if she ever needs a kidney, then mine are off limits because right. she made the decision to give one of hers, a, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. The same pattern of of prayer exists for me and and Boomer at at any given time. Mm-hmm. It's God opened the doors, and right. it's the same conversation I had when I was considering donating a kidney. Open the doors, and I'll walk through them, close right. them, and I'll stop. Like yeah. that's the pattern I'm going to follow. I agree. With you. My and dad says out. that all the time. Yeah, absolutely. If there's a door in front of you. 
you know, step through it. If it's ugly, turn around and go back out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So Rachel, thanks for sharing all that with us. And I know it's, it's, it's deeply private and, and deeply personal. And we really appreciate uh, your willingness to share. So both of you guys have been on podcast with me individually in the past. So now you're both here together. So what are there some stories you can share with us as we kind of close out about growing up together or conflicts you've had or success stories that you want to share? What what comes to mind, Boomer? I know you got something. Well, I mean, conflicts are interesting because, you know, unlike a lot of brothers and sisters, we actually got along really well growing up for Mm -hmm. the most part. I will say that my dad... Um, and Rachel was a conduit for this. I learned a lot about respect for women and, and you know, treating them the way they're supposed to be treated because of things I did wrong with my sister when I was little. So, for example, you know, I don't believe a man should ever raise his hand in anger to a woman. Right. Um, I learned that lesson but when I was probably seven or eight years old and, you know, being a little fat kid, I like my food. Rachel took my turkey sandwich. I remember we were playing ping pong in the basement right. and I struck my sister. And I'm very ashamed that it's six or seven years old. I struck my sister. But when my dad got home, that's the last time I would ever think to even consider um, doing anything physical with a woman because he made it very clear to me physically <laughs> and, and otherwise that right. one, you're going to get punished for what you did just did. And two, I'm going to make it such that you'll remember if you ever do that again, then you and I are going to have a much different conversation than this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not that I would not have known and, and you know, just known that that was the wrong thing to do. Right. Uh, but, you know, that was interesting to, to learn a bunch of lessons through that. I, le- I learned, you know, I learned all the time. I still learn from my sister. I learned about humility and selflessness. And, you know, we talked about the kidney thing, but that's not it. I mean, you know, I watch her life and how she walks. And, um, you know, there, there are certain parts of my life that, that I still have. I mean, there are lots of parts of my life I still have lots of work to do. And mm-hmm. and I think trying to... to um, you know, emulate some of the things she does is, is, is has been very valuable for me. Um, mm. Good stories in growing up. I mean, she's gotten me beaten up before. Um, I think there was a there was a kid that was. You much, mean other than the time with your dad? Well, he didn't actually. I mean, he may spank me. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, apparently, that's not that's not that's frowned upon nowadays. Right. It's not necessarily illegal, but right. you now kids will call you know child protective services on their parents. That was a yeah. daily occurrence for me, <laughs> yeah. spanking, and that was just was more memorable than most because yeah. of why I was getting spanked. But yeah. um, oh, it's it's even worse than that now. My, one of my kids came home from school yesterday, and he had not turned in his uh, soccer uniform form after the soccer season was over and the school made him pick up leaves in the uh, schoolyard and he came home and said we need to call child protective services <laughs> well it's funny my kids have said yeah. that to me because I, I mean growing up i did spank my kids a few times and one of yeah. them said well i can't remember whether there was i didn't i don't really think i spanked maddie so much but larry said i'm gonna call child protective services on you i said well this foster home will be much different from the foster home you'll go to if you do that <laughs> i can promise you and so um no got uh, his attention yeah that's yeah. right yeah so uh rachel I was actually thinking about two different stories. One um, ended up in a fight, which may have been the one that you were about to tell. Um, Mm -hmm. We were, there was this great little place in our neighborhood where you could 
ride your bikes into the woods and we built uh, like tree forts and mm -hmm. all kinds of cool things back there and had a great time. But one day Boomer and his friends had built like a ramp for their bikes and I kept riding up it backwards, um, probably more so because I was irritating Boomer's best friend, um, Jason. And the next thing I know, a big rock hits me like right in the middle of the shoulder blades and knocks me off the bike. And the next, and then I turn around and Boomer is pounding on Jason. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh. and I, I, if I remember correctly, I went home and got my mom. Cause I was like, you know, Boomer and Jason are fighting. Um, but you know, we, we have always from the, the, this is when I, um, expose myself as older than my brother. It's, it's a terrible, terrible thing, mm -hmm. um, that I have to admit that, but, finally. um, finally, after all these years of trying to hide it. From the day they brought him from home from the hospital, I was 13 months old, and I thought he was a doll um, <laughs> for me to like play with and take right. care of. And so I don't know that we had much conflict at all growing up, um, which is is really nice. We've always been really proud of one another, um, and you know, just happy for each other's success. Um, one of the things that I find. Um, most interesting about Boomer is his wisdom and his ability to to see things from many different angles at once. Um, and and a lot of times I will go to him to say, you know, I'm struggling with this thing, and he can see it from a different perspective than mm -hmm. I do because we're built differently. Um, but it's you know he he expresses his opinion to me in a way that's helpful in my own thinking. So mm -hmm. we've I think we've always been. Um, you know, in relationship with one another, we've, we've been, you know, helpful and loving and, and sought the other's good, mm -hmm. uh, which mm -hmm. has been helpful. The other memory that I have right now of a childhood event, um, it was dinner and in our house, 6 PM, our dad was expected home. We always had dinner and mm -hmm. we always ate together. Um, and I remember opening the door, um, in the kitchen door that led out into the garage and yelling. Um, and I used his, his given name. So I was like, Larry dinner. Mm -hmm. And then I hear him scream and I turned over my, my shoulder to my mom who was cooking. And I said, um, I, I said, boomers hurt. And I slammed the door and went running and I find him down at the, almost at the T where our road hit the next, um, hit Bambi lane. And his finger um, was stuck in this. Um, Between the chain and the sprocket of the Ooh, bike. Yes. That's never good. And in, you, I didn't have yeah. free will, so you couldn't yeah. roll it backwards to oh. get out. And I had to roll myself all the way around. Ouch. And it wasn't stuck by the time she got there because <laughs> I had actually rolled it all the way around. And I was just coming up with it. And the finger was, not, was only hanging on by the skin. And it just yeah. went like that. Oh, my goodness. Rachel passes out. I mean, she's like laying on the <laughs> concrete, and I can't figure out whether I should be upset because my finger's chopped off or, you or because Rachel's help. laid out on the ground. I'm like, are you serious? It always has to be about you. This is about me this time. Oh, man. But no, I came too, and I was on the neighbor's couch, and they were at the hospital um, dealing with that. We have, I mean, we could probably go on for hours about right. childhood stories, but... Um, we grew up in, uh, you know, our mom was a stay-at-home mom. Our dad worked and mm -hmm. uh, outside the home, and 
Well, don't suggest the stay-at-home moms don't work. Well, I, I would not suggest that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Having, yeah. That's having, a thankless job. Yeah, that is it a, is yeah. a thankless job. I mean, it's way harder than any it job is. I've ever done. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't have kids of my own, but when I, when I um, have taken care of Maddie and Larry as they've been growing up, my niece and nephew, um, I realize very quickly that the um, – the kind of attention and energy and um, just ability to stay up and mm-hmm. on um, is it, it may be beyond me. There, and we would I would leave my kids with Rachel when I would go on gold team trips and right. other things like that. And um, I can remember every single time I would get back and it would be Rachel and my mom or just Rachel or whatever. And the moment I walked in the door, you don't really want to be in the door because she's going to shove you out of the way, get into her car <laughs> and burn rubber out of our driveway. It's like <laughs> they had to go one time when Larry was maybe three days old, they had to go back to the hospital. So Maddie's three years old, Larry's two or three days old. And when they got back from the hospital, I'm sitting on the couch holding Larry and Maddie is riding her tricycle around the kitchen island and the house is a huge mess. And Boomer just looks at me, drops his chin and shakes his head. And I was like, they're both alive. Yeah. Like, and that's all you can really ask for as it you is. go. Oh, <laughs> I, I do. They're it's not a, poisoned. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable how hard it is to raise kids. Yeah. So yeah, I have a huge amount of respect for parents, especially parents who stay at home and make that happen day in and day out. That's uh, just mm-hmm. a, an amazing thing that I feel um, we were blessed to have that with our mom. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. Well, listen, you guys are awesome. I'm so grateful to be part of this organization and, and grateful to know you both and grateful that you're both willing to sit down and chat with me whenever I ask. It's 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 amazing. And that's one of the really nice things about being part of this uh, organization. If you need somebody, you need to talk to somebody, you guys are there in more ways than, than you can imagine. And Rachel, you're going to be amazing you were amazing before your energy your your thinking you're always creating you're always teaching you're an excellent teacher i i think that uh, I, I remember when you were here last time and I was in and out, in and out all the time, you were always down in the cafe with a group of somebody teaching somebody something, right? I didn't stick around uh, much. I think Lillian stuck around more than I did, but uh, we're, we're really grateful to have you back. Thank you for sharing the stories. Thank you for sharing your, your vision with us. And we look forward uh, to you having great success here in McLean. Thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled to be back, truly, John. And thank you for inviting us. This has been great. I just would be interested to hear all the good things about myself since we since said all these things about her. But we are yeah. lucky to have you, John. Well, You're a thank fabulous you. guy. Thank you. And I do. That's yeah. right. And I'll tell yeah. you, these podcasts are really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I've been listening to them and they're thank fabulous. You. So. Yeah. Some of them. So th- I think most of them are good. But thank you for that. Yeah. They're, they're, I think they're very useful. I think they're they serve a purpose. And uh, I think the folks that listen uh, to them find the uh, the purpose in them. So thank you for that, Boomer. Yeah, man. Yeah. Good deal. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.